0: Chicago Tabernacle, a place of becoming. Wherever you find yourself, we pray that you would be encouraged today by God's Word. Amen. Good morning, church. Good morning. Amen. If the beginning of this service is any indicator of what God wants to do, hold on to your seats because I expect that He wants to do a great thing today. Amen. Amen. You know, the, the beginning song... Speaking of the sweeping power of the Holy Spirit, it was so appropriate to even set up the message uh, that the Lord has put on my heart this morning. How many of you here, and I'd like uh, you to respond with a show of hands, would love to see the Holy Spirit just sweep over Chicago? Amen. How many here would love to see the Holy Spirit sweep over your families and families and friends and loved ones would surrender their life to Jesus Christ? Amen. amen. I know as a staff, one of our prayers, a continual prayer of ours, is that God would truly grab a hold of his people and that he would empower them to do what he's called them to do. And I honestly believe that when we embrace the very mission that God has for us, that he will open the floodgates of heaven and he would sweep over this earth and blanket it and we will see over 3 million people in Chicago come to Jesus Christ. But not only in Chicago, in New York and in California and in Texas and in Africa and in Australia and all throughout the Middle East, God's name would be glorified. And this is what I would like to talk to you about today is embracing our mission And I know uh, here at Chicago Tabernacle, we talk a lot about mission. And the reason why we do that is because we honestly believe and are convicted without a clear mission from God, without being able to see and understand what God has for us, and what God is calling us to do in our life. The Bible records in Proverbs uh, 29, 18, that his people perish. So many people are dying because of a lack of a vision and a lack of mission, a lack of clarity, and a lack of focus. And that's what I'd like to talk to you about today, is how to embrace our God-given mission. And we're going to do that by looking at one of the prophets of the Bible. Uh, it's, it's actually a biography of this prophet, and it's in the book of Jonah. You know, Jonah is a book that most of us are familiar with. There's a lot of cartoons, right, veggie tales, storybook, uh, who knows, Just a host of of stories and short clips about Jonah's story. Why? Because it's captivating. To think about a man, Jonah, a prophet of God, a man who loved God, who was set apart uh, to do the will of God, a man who was committed to obeying and following uh, him, got to a point in his life in which he ran. And the running, his running from God's mission caused him to really, really kind of reflect and miss out in which God, you know, the story, this, this big fish comes and swallows him up. But before I get ahead of myself, let's turn to the book of Jonah, and we're going to read chapter, uh, uh, we're going to start with chapter 1, and we're going to read verses 1 through 17. Are you ready? Amen. Amen. The word of the Lord says this, the word of the Lord came to Jonah. Son of Amittai, go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up all of the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own god and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship but jonah but jonah he had gone below the deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep the captain went to him and said how can you sleep get up and call on your god maybe he will take notice of us and we will not perish Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell us. Tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us. What do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? For what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. This terrified them, and they asked, was inside the fish three days and three nights. The title of this message today is Embracing Nineveh. Amen. You know, when it comes to embracing your calling or your Nineveh, there are three things or three key elements that we need to be aware of. The first one is you can run, but you can't hide. right. You know, the text records... But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found the ship bound for that port. After praying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. You know, um, it's interesting that oftentimes or maybe every now and then, when God calls us to do something that's a little bit uncomfortable, we have a tendency to run away for whatever the reason is, you know, whether it seems that it's so, so great or you know, we lack courage or even clear mission and vision, we have a tendency to kinda run and hide. If you look at, at, at this text in verse three, um, in verse three it says, Jonah ran away, right? It says, from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found the ship Bound for that port, and after paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed. Now, if you look at the, at the preceding verse in verse 5, I'm sorry, it says, Jonah had gone below deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. Now, Jonah didn't even want to deal with running away. Can anyone here identify with that? Right? When God calls us to do something, sometimes if we think that call is a little too great, and we don 't even uh, if we don 't have any idea on where to begin on that mission, sometimes we just want to run and hide. This is what Jonah did. not only did he get on a ship, he went below deck Now, in order to put this per, uh, into perspective of how far he decided to run, I want you to look at this map. Now, the Bible records that Jonah lived in Galilee now. Uh, According to this, it's not really marked off, but if you look kind of in between Nineveh and Joppa, Galilee is there. Now, Jonah, instead of going to Nineveh, right, he decided to go down to Joppa, get on a boat, and head to Tarshish. I don't know about you, but it looked like he was going for an extended vacation in the southern side of Spain, right? I mean, you take a look at this, because he was running from God's mission. And he was like, you know what, Lord? Lord. I don't want to do this very thing that you're calling me to, so I'm going to create the biggest excuse. I'm nowhere to be found. I'm headed on holiday. I'm going to Spain. I'm headed to Tarshish. Forget about this mission, God. I'm not up for it. I'm not up for the challenge. And he runs. Now, if you look at at this passage, and if the truth is we can run but we can't hide, we have to ask ourselves, what is it that we're running from you know, Jonah was running from Nineveh. Now, you might be sitting here and asking yourself, what's the big deal with Nineveh? And why would Jonah run from this city? There's one thing that you need to understand about Nineveh is that the people in Nineveh, there were the Assyrians and they were the enemies of God. In the book of First and Second Kings, uh, in the book of 2 Kings, Chapters 18 and 19, the Bible records that Sennacherib, the king of Assyria, came to attack Jerusalem. The king in Jerusalem during that time was King Hezekiah. And this man was feared. Sennacherib was feared, the king of Assyria. Why? Because they were brutal. And they had a huge army. And when they approached the city of Jerusalem, they heckled Hezekiah. And they would send out leaders, and they're like, your God is worthless. He doesn't have your back. In the same way God doesn't have your back, you know, uh, uh, in the same way he didn't have the back of the other towns that we just uh, finished taking over, God doesn't have your back. So surrender yourself. Humble yourself under the authority of Assyria, and you will not die. And the Assyrian army would come, and they would torment the king of Israel. Now, the interesting thing is, as Hezekiah didn't bow down, he turned to the Lord, and the Lord uh, preserved Jerusalem. But the fact still remains that the Assyrian army took over 41 provinces around Jerusalem. So the Assyrian army was at the forefront and was at the gate of Israel, of Jerusalem, the center, where the temple was. Now, uh, throughout uh, history, Right, there's one thing that we know about the people of God is they had an issue. And that issue was that they would constantly succumb to idols. How many here can identify with that? Right? I want to suggest to you that every single one of us has one. And, and I hope that by the end of this service, God will pinpoint which one that is and so we can deal with it. But for Israel, they had a problem with bowing down to other gods. For whatever reason, right? This was was one of their uh, uh, disabilities. Uh, when there were neighboring towns and, and the men saw that the, that the girls were cute on the other side, uh, they would marry them. And then after they would marry them, uh, they oftentimes they would open their heart to the idols, the, the idols that they served, and they would begin serving them. Sometimes the guys, uh, the men and women of Israel would just go ahead and think that maybe this God or that God would do something for them. Whatever the reason was, there was a disability within their heart in which they would surrender the authority authority. authority and the privilege that they had in God Yahweh and they would begin to follow other gods and Jonah knew that he knew that and he loves his country and he loves his people and God calls him and says you know what I want you to go to Nineveh now for him Uh, Nineveh was like, why in the world would you, Lord, have me go to these people who don't even know you, right? And you want me to go to them, the very people that have threatened and blasphemed your name, the very people that wanted to take over uh, 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 your nation, and you want me to go to Nineveh, God? And the Bible records that he ran. Now, I want to suggest Um, To you one thing that if we're truly going to embrace our Nineveh if we really are going to fulfill the mission of God The first thing we have to recognize is we just need to have boldness and not run Because even though we run The Bible records that you can't go anywhere without God seeing you He is always present The Bible says that you can go into the heavens and go into the depths of the earth but God is there so even though we try to run, we can't hide from him. So we should just embrace what God has for us and really deal with it. Now, we have to ask ourselves this one thing. What is it that we need to deal with? And I want to suggest that in order to walk in the fullness of our God-given mission, we need to deal with our us. We need to deal with the issues of our heart and the mutations, whether it's in courage, whether it's in generosity or cooperation. We need to deal with areas that are not fully surrendered to Jesus Christ. And in order to do that, we need to go deep and we need to search our heart. Now, if you look at chapter 2, verses 2 through 4, the word of God says, from the depths of the grave, I called for help. And you listened to my cry. You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled about me. All your waves and breakers swept over me, and I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. Now, God had to take Jonah to a watery grave in order for, uh, for Jonah to confront the issues that he was dealing with. Now, you think about that. <clears throat> He's in this boat. He's running from God. He goes, under, he goes uh, to the lower deck. And God, wanting to get Jonah's attention, sends this storm. How many of you have experienced a few storms in your life? Right? And sometimes we ask ourselves, why are we going through what we're going through? I want to suggest that the reason why God allows storms to enter in is Is because he wants to bring us closer to the very mission that he has called you uh, towards. But nonetheless, God sends this storm, and the and the sailors are like, someone did something. Right? Who did this thing? And they begin to cast these lots, and they and they see that it's Jonah. Now, when they confront Jonah, Jonah knows who he is. It's not like he had an identity crisis. He says, "Look, I'm a Hebrew." I serve the Lord, the one who created everything. And I serve the one that can stop the storm. And they're like, what did you do? I was like, well, I decided to run. You know, you're taking me to Tarshish, right? Well, what do I have to do? So they throw him into, this, they throw him into the ocean. Now, I don't know what Jonah was thinking. I, I'm pretty sure he was hoping that that. Uh, he would perish because at the end of this chapter, he's like, look, just let me die. So he's like, look, throw me into the ocean. Great. If you throw me into the ocean, chances are, you know, Megalodon will come and swallow me up. Megalodon is a really big prehistoric shark, by the way. He'll come, this big shark will come and gobble me up, and we're done. I don't know what he was thinking. I'm taking a license and a privilege. But nonetheless, he says, throw me in. And the Bible records that a big fish, swallowed him up and took him into the depths of the earth. Now, in those depths, I'm pretty sure that Jonah began doing a whole lot of reflecting because it says in verse 3 it says you hurled me into the deep into the very heart of the seas in the currents world about me. All of your waves and breakers swept over me, and I said I have been banished from your sight. But there's something that he also understood he says, Yet I will look again toward your holy temple. Right? He understood that God allowed this fish to take him to a very deep, silent place because he had to deal with something. And he also understood that if he actually dealt with the thing that he was running from, that he would look on the temple again to worship his God. Because he knew that God was faithful. You know, there's a book that we pass out here called Emotional Healthy Spirituality, and the author is Peter Cesaro. and he quotes this. He says emotional, emotionally healthy spirituality requires you to go through the pain of the wall, or as the ancients called it, the dark night of the soul. For many, going back in, uh, for many going back in order to. To go forward thrusts us up against the wall. Others are brought to it by circumstances and crisis beyond our control. Regardless of how we get there, every follower of Jesus at some point will confront the wall. Failure to understand its nature results in great long-term pain and confusion. And this is what happened to Jonah. He hit a wall. And his wall was Nineveh. Now, I want to suggest to you that Nineveh was a situation and it represented something else. Now, Jonah, he understood who he was. He said he was a Hebrew, right? And here are these Assyrians that wanted to attack the nation of Israel. And I want to suggest that his issue was pride. He had high nationalism. He's like, God, I'm a Hebrew, and you want me to go to those Assyrian dogs? Are you kidding me? The very people that came to take down your people, to destroy your temple, and you want me to go to them? No, we're better than that God, and I'm not going to do it. And I know that you're a righteous God, and I'm not going to do it, so I'm running and I'm hiding. But God was like, look, Jonah, I have called you. And now if, you've put, if you are here and you have put your trust and faith in Jesus Christ, you need to know one thing. And the same way Jonah was called, so are you. And Jonah was called. He was like, I had called you, and I've asked you to do this thing, so go to Nineveh. In other words, God is, is, is telling Jonah, confront your prejudice, con- confront the condition of your heart, and do what I've asked you to do. Now, how about us? What keeps us from doing what we want to do? What God calls us to do? What keeps us from truly walking under the vision and the mission and under the authority of God. And I want to suggest that if we're going to embrace our Nineveh, if we're going to embrace our calling, we need to stop running and hiding, and we need to deal with the issues of our heart. You know, at one point in time, it's funny that I'm even here sharing with you today. Uh, For many, many years, I've run from this very day. You know, I've always, when I, when I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ in December uh, 19, 1999, I was like, Lord, I'll do anything you want me to do, but just don't ever put me to preach. <laughs> I will serve. I will do missions. I will evangelize. I will clean toilets. It doesn't matter. I will go to shanty towns in which my wife and I lived in a very uh, uh, difficult situation. We we were doing this. I am disposed to do whatever, but don't ever, ever, ever ask me to preach. Right? And you want to know what? God had to bring me to a very difficult moment and a moment of self-realization. And I had to ask myself the same thing Jonah did. Am I willing to fulfill the call that God has for my life? And in the same way, Jonah had to stop running and hiding, so did I. How about you? How about you? You know, the first song we, we, we sang was, Holy Spirit, have your way, right? I don't know. But who here, would, who here desires for the Holy Spirit to truly consume you? Amen? Amen. I know I do. Because I know one thing. If God consumes me and I'm filled with the Holy Spirit of God, there is nothing that can stop the mission of God from going forward. But in order to get there, we need to get quiet. We need to get quiet before the Lord. And we need to deal with the walls that keep us from realizing God's plan for our life. What is that wall for you? Is it courage? Is it resentment? Is it bitterness? Is it anger? Is it a person in your life that represents something, a very difficult moment that you can't forgive, and because you can't forgive, you can't experience the true love of God the Father? What is your Nineveh? God wants us to deal with our Ninevehs, So that he can set us on mission. So he can set us ablaze for his glory. And when we deal with the Nineveh's in our hearts, the very next thing that we need to do is we need to take steps of obedience. The Bible records in chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, the following. It says, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Go to the great city of Nineveh and proclaim to it the message I give you. Jonah obeyed the Lord. O, Jonah obeyed the word of the Lord and went to Nineveh. Now, in verse 17 of that chapter, the Bible records that this big fish swallowed him up. And in that very deep, dark place, he came to a point in, uh, uh, he came to a moment in time. In verse 8, it says, those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that, would, that could be theirs. He realized something. That his nationalism, his identity, him being a Hebrew, was his idol. And he also understood that it was worthless. Because his personal identity became greater than his identity in God. And he began to trust in himself and in who he was versus who he is and was in Christ. And it wasn't until that very, very moment in time where God allowed him to realize that he wasn't able to use him in the way that he wanted him to be used. And God allows this situation for him to come to the self-realization that. He needed to surrender all to the Lord. And when he did, the Bible records that the fish spit him out. And then the word of the Lord came to him again. God didn't leave him alone. And he said, Jonah, go to Nineveh. Now, the beautiful thing of this story is that when he went to Nineveh, the Bible records that it took three days to walk throughout the town. So that place was pretty big. But the Bible says that when he walked into Nineveh and he began to proclaim what God had put on his heart, that the people listened and they began to fast. And then the king took notice of what was happening. And then the king declared and decreed, everyone, we're not eating, we're not drinking, we're fasting. And the Bible records that they turned from their violence and their wickedness and surrendered. In other words, they repented before God. And this was the very thing that Jonah didn't want to happen. Because he understood when they repented, they also became heirs of God's kingdom. And he didn't want to share his identity with them. But God is not a respecter of persons. He's a lover of his creation. And he came to restore what the enemy has stolen. And he loves He loved Job. He loved uh, Nineveh just as much as he loves us, just as much as he loves our neighbors, just as much as he loves every single person on this continent. And the word word of the Lord records that when Jonah embraced his calling, that a move of the Holy Spirit swept over Nineveh, that over 120,000 people came to God. How about us? Can you imagine if 120,000 plus came to the Lord by one man's obedience? How about the obedience of this room? There's over 400 people in this place. If we just took for face value, right, 400 times 120,000, I don't know, it will be over 4 million something. Can you imagine that? God can use one person to usher into the presence of God that would sweep over the city of Chicago, and 2,965,598 people would be saved. You know, as a pastoral staff and a leadership team, our prayer is that God would sweep over this nation. And we've been praying, God, set your people on fire. Do whatever you have to do. Take them to the deepest place that you need to take them, but get them there so they can fulfill their God-given mission so they would embrace the power that is found through the Holy Spirit that we will walk under the authority of God, facing the us, reaching the people, reaching the nation for Jesus Christ. Because if God can change the world with 12 He can definitely establish a utopia with over 400 people. But we need to stop running. We need to stop hiding. We need to go deep and deal with the issues. And we need to take steps of obedience. Because when we do, God will set you on fire put you on the track that he would have you to run and he will glorify his name through you father I ask oh God and pray for my brothers and sisters that father throughout this week as we seek you Lord God and as we begin to deal with the issues that father that you would reveal to us oh God the very things that we've been holding on to the very things oh God that have been a stumbling block from us achieving the mission that you have given us and, Father, we ask, oh, God, that you would do the same today as you did in the times of Jonah. Jonah. And what you did for Nineveh, Lord, we ask that you would do for Chicago. We ask that you would do for our families. We ask that you would do for the world, oh, God. Rush in like a flood and save your people, Lord. So we thank you, Father, and we praise you, and we glorify your name for you are worthy.